have an incredible speaker for you, a very good friend of mine, and I need you to know four things about, about today's speaker. I'm honored to introduce him, um, but the problem is, problem for him is that means I get the mic and get to say what I want. So here you know, here's four things you need to know about the speaker. Hold up, hold up, just hold up four fingers for me. All right, the first is, if you think like, wow, that guy looks buff, it's because I've been training him for years. Um, so like, you're welcome for that. Um, the second thing is this, um, and you're going to have to pray for him. I share this as a prayer request. Um, he has terrible sports teams, terrible sports teams. Um, they're all Philly-based. Y'all pray for him. Um, the third thing is this. I've watched him be faithful to Jesus no matter what the seasons of his life has brought. He's, he's served Jesus faithfully. And the fourth thing is this. He's, he's one of the greatest humans you can be around or have as your friend. So let's, give a, let's stand to our feet and give an OP welcome to Pastor Tyler Lavasor. Come on, who loves Pastor Kevin Crowley at the OP location? My goodness. I love Kevin, but guess what, Kevin? Now I have the microphone. And all I got to say is two things. Go Birds, first of all. And Miami stinks. That's all I got the second thing I'm going to say. <laughs> Y'all could be seated and take a, take, a, take a chair this morning. Everybody feeling good today? Awesome. You're looking good. It's a great day to be in God's house. Go ahead and give yourselves a round of applause for making it to church on the holiday weekend and not making it excuses. That it's 4th of July, which is oddly on a Tuesday this year. Um, it's funny how our calendars work. Who has, like, the rest of the next couple of days off? Anybody just, like, taking a little short vacation? Okay, holler, yeah. Who's working, like, Monday and Wednesday? And you only, yeah, you only get the Tuesday off. I feel that, too. Well, make sure you get the most out of it this weekend with your fireworks and fun things like that. Um, and so as uh, Pastor Kevin so generously stated uh, on my way up, I'm, my name is Tyler. I'm one of the pastors on staff at Celebration Church. Um, and it's an honor anytime I get the opportunity to come up and share God's word, whether it's in this forum uh, or another space around our church, um, or really anywhere, sharing God's word is an honor really anywhere we get to go. Um, and, and it's an honor because we get to serve under some incredible, incredible, incredible leaders and pastors, Tim and Jen Timberlake. And so um, I don't want to go any further without honoring the leaders of this house because I've seen personally, yeah, you can go ahead and give a, give a round of applause. Um, I've personally seen them lead uh, just just amazingly through all kinds of adversity over the last couple of years within the church, and um, and they've kept their integrity, they've kept high character, uh, they love this house so, so much, and God has, uh, without a doubt, be rested today, knowing the fact God has chosen them to lead Celebration Church in this season of life. And so, who loves our Timberlakes, the Timberlake pastors? Come on, they're amazing. And so, um, as I said, I serve here at Celebration Church. I currently oversee uh, our SEU Jacksonville uh, campus holler. Yeah, SEU Jacks, go fire. Um, and then I do a couple other things around church as well with Church Online. So if you watch Church Online on Sundays, you probably see my face on YouTube. Uh, if you come on, anybody just like asleep in and catch it online sometimes? Yeah, I feel you. I don't get the chance to do that because I'm on the YouTube feed. But um, I hope you enjoy it. And so I oversee our online stuff as well right now. Um, and it's a joy serving this house. I've been part of Celebration Church for... Uh, going on seven years now, actually in September, I believe, my seventh year 
on staff at Celebration Church. I went through ministry school here. Um, yeah, I went through ministry school here at Celebration Church. Graduated from SEU Jacksonville, all the stuff, right? And so um, it's a blessing. Actually, fun fact, um, my very first Celebration experience was in this very room. Um, I was about 14, 15 years old, and uh, my mom, who's on the front row over here, holler mom, there you are, right there, um, brought me and my brothers, uh, one of which is also here right now, um, and uh, we came in, and I remember sitting somewhere probably right here in the middle or over there, it was somewhere, I have like the, the mental image in my head, um, and like many of you, some of you, maybe not many of you, maybe some of you in here today are maybe newer to the celebration vibe, right, I was raised in a Southern Baptist kind of background, um, and so I remember coming into this room, this specific room. Uh, when I was like 14 or 15 years old, and uh, I was like, what is happening right now? I was like, there's electric guitars, there's a drummer, there's a guy who looks pretty good on the microphone, like singing awesomely, and it's not like hymnals, right? Um, and I was just like, I, was, I wasn't sure what to think at first, right? Um, but little did I know, like the Lord was planting seeds uh, in that moment in my life, and, and here we are, you know, over a decade later, and I get to stand on the platform in the very room uh, that I first came into Celebration Church and, and, and share God's word. And so I say that to encourage you that maybe you're in here and you came in, you're unsure, you're not, this isn't your vibe, this isn't your background of church, how you were raised in church, uh, but know that God has you in this room for a very specific reason today. Uh, it's not an accident that you're here uh, and that he's currently weaving things together in your life. Whether you're young, middle-aged, older, uh, later on in life, God is weaving things together in your life um, and seeds that have once been planted are being watered and maybe new seeds are being sown uh, in your life. And so be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Be open um, to what God wants to do in your life because you never know where it could take you, you know, years down the road. Um, I stand here as a testimony of that today. And so um, I cannot go into the message today without uh, uh, acknowledging one, two very important people in the room. I have a lot of family on the front row. My mom's here, my dad's here, my stepmom, my brothers, and sister-in-laws, all them, right? But um, my wife is currently here with our newborn little baby girl on the second row on the end. She is uh, passed out asleep with her little earmuffs on, and gosh, she is just the cutest little thing I have ever seen in my life. Um, and so she's on the quick exit road, just in case, you know, baby cries. You know, you parents know how it is. But um, she'll be four months old this week, actually. Uh, her name's Sophia, and she is the greatest joy of life. Um, she's God's little miracle to us. We prayed for over four years uh, for that little baby girl, and uh, to be able to hold God's promise and, uh, and just hang with her and play with her and look at her face. I mean, like, I can have the worst day ever. Yeah, give it up for Sophia. She's awesome. Uh, I could have the worst day ever, and I just look at her, and I'm like, everything's fine. It's no big deal. So, um, so thank you, Lord, for Sophia. Um, such a joy to be her daddy. And so let's jump in. Enough about me today. We're here to get into the Word. And so if you have your Bible, uh, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2, primarily here at the start. I have uh, a, a, quite a handful of scriptures I'm going to throw your way. But the good news is, is our awesome tech team is going to have everything on the screen for you, uh, for you note takers out there. And so um, I encourage you to take notes. You know, uh, I've once heard it said that notes might be needed when you take them, but you have them for the day that you need them, right? And so um, I, I know I've been in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of church services, and I know that uh, it's easy to sit in a room and be like, oh, that's really good. That sounds awesome. Uh, we walk out, we go about our week, and we forget everything the person said, right? Um, and the, the reality is, is God, God downloads things to people who communicate his word so that it, it, it could be something that you carry and apply to your life, right? Go figure, like, imagine we'd apply God's word to our life and it would change things, right? And so uh, I would encourage you to take some notes today. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2, and uh, we're in this series called Summer Essentials, as you can see behind me. Am I the only one who thinks this is like, this is giving like SpongeBob SquarePants vibes right here? 
Yeah? Okay. I, 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 was, I, I, was in the, I was at the arena last week, and I was, like, looking around the lobby. I was like, it's like SpongeBob SquarePants in here right now because it's, you know, the Summer Essentials thing. Anyways, um, side note. Um, so we're in this, this series called Summer Essentials, and the heart behind this series is for us to communicate as a, as a church to, to you as our church family um, the essentials of the faith. The things that like might seem and, and be easy to forget about on a day-to-day basis, but they're called essentials because they're like they're foundational in our walk with the Lord, right? It's sometimes funny how essentials can oftentimes just kind of, you know, unintentionally fall by the wayside um, whenever they're, in fact, essential to our life. And we need to build a, a life of faith on top of these things, right? And so uh, we kicked this series off last week. Who's here last week in, at the OP location? Anybody? A few of you? Awesome. You guys heard Pastor Nate uh, Wilbur share on the importance of being being in the scriptures and studying God's word, which I'd say is probably like the foundational essential to our faith. If we're not connected uh, to the scriptures, if we're not connected to God's word, um, then we're likely just meandering through life without any guidance or structure um, or, or direction as a believer, quite frankly. And so um, these summer essentials that we're going to be going through over the next few weeks are, are things that, that if, if you're not currently observing them in your life, they're being communicated to you for a reason, Right. God wants to use these things to continue to build your faith as a believer. And so uh, last week, Pastor Nate shared a great word. Uh, at the arena, we got to hear Pastor Petey share around the importance of prayer. And so if you uh, were here and not able to be at the arena, go back to the YouTube channel and check that one out. He actually uh, broke down the Lord's Prayer line by line, and it's a really cool parallel and how we can apply it to our prayer life today. And so you can go catch that message if you missed it. But um, today I'm going to share around another topic that is foundational in the life of a believer. And it's this topic that if we're not, if we're not building this into our life on a regular basis, again, we're probably walking through life, missing out on a lot of what God has for us as men and women of God. And so if you're taking notes today, this message is titled, The Power of a Circle. The Power of of a circle. Let's go ahead and jump in to Acts chapter 2. And um, I'm going to be again reading in verse 42. Just to give you a little context, because it's really important leading up to Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. Um, Acts chapter 1 and then the first half of chapter 2, we're literally witnessing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which then leads to the birth of the church. So like think context of their church right now, and then thousands and thousands of years ago is when this was able to become a reality. Right, like Jesus had just been uh, crucified, he was buried, he was resurrected, his resurrected body walked around on earth and visited people for 40 days, right? And then Acts chapter 1, we see the ascension of Jesus, and upon the ascension of Jesus, his Holy Spirit was poured out. So that song we were seeking, oh Holy Spirit, burn like a fire, right? All All these Holy Spirit, that's made possible because Jesus' ascension to heaven, and then poured out Spirit into his people, and now we're all vessels, We're all carriers of the Holy Spirit who now make up the church, the body of Christ, right? So you see the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2, and um, there's preaching. People are getting saved. uh, Specifically in Acts, it says uh, thousands at a time were getting saved and baptized. Um, And this is kind of what we pick up in verse 42, and it says this. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread 
in their homes. They received food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were saved. And so what we see here in Acts chapter 2 is church has been born, right? The church, the, the, the gathering of God's people, the, 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 uh, the ecclesia, right, has been born out of the spirit. And then we see what happens and how they begin to formulate, right, through these different um, checkpoints in Acts 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread. And they uh, were together, all things in common, day by day. They were selling possessions and helping meet the needs of anybody who had needs. They were breaking bread in their homes. They were praising God. And as they did all those things, the Lord added to their number. And so that's kind of what we're going to unpack a little bit today. And so let's go ahead and, and pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. God, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and have your way in this place, Lord. That these would not be my words, God, but they would come directly from you, Heavenly Father. We thank you that your word brings life change. We thank you that your word brings revelation. We thank you that your word brings us closer to you, Father. So as we unpack this for the next several minutes, God, would you let this become a reality to us? Would you let this become revelation to us? Would you help us to make decisions that bring us closer to you, that would change our life on a day-to-day basis? And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So as we transition into uh, the bulk of today's uh, experience together. I want to submit something to you that the circle, the shape of a circle, is perhaps one of the most influential shapes in existence today. I would actually argue that the shape of a circle is, is and, and, and all the things that a circle represents, is actually um, one of, had one of the greatest impacts on our society as human beings. And I've kind of prepared a little bit of an object lesson to prove my point today. And so I have, on my, t- I have my, my object lesson table right here. I'm going to slide it out. And I want to I show everybody just how important the creation of the shape of a circle is to our lives today. All right. And the first thing I'm going to bring out to show us the importance of a circle is uh, how about a plate? Right. This is from our very own kitchen. I thought about bringing a paper plate, but I was like, no, nah, I'm going to give him the real thing today. And I probably have to wash it when I get home because it's been out of the house, right, babe? And so a plate. Think about the powerful aspects of this circular object called a plate. What do we do every single day, multiple times a day of our life? We eat food. Do we eat food out of our hands? No, we eat food. Of some, some of us, you're right, some of us do eat food out of our hands. If we're a baby, we eat food out of our hands, right? Um, among many other things, we eat out of our hands when we're babies. But... Uh, As we grow into mature adulthood, we're nine times out of ten eating off of a plate. This circular object changed the game for humanity. And then you have different sizes of plates. You have different functions. Again, I reference the paper plate. You have the paper plate, so you have the power to not have to do any dishes that night. Can I get an amen? Come on, somebody, right? Dishes are the worst. Circular object plate. Super powerful circle, right? We have a couple other powerful items that I want, to, uh, I want to unpack here today. How about, how about these circular objects? How about coins? Right? Think about the power of, I, just, I dropped that one. Think about the power of a coin. Literally represents the currency of our country and many other countries who also have coins, right? Like the power to buy and sell things began in a little circular metal object called a coin. We make transactions we purchase things, we buy things. Obviously, nowadays, we use less and less coins. 
and we buy things digitally, but it always birthed from the circular object of a coin. I'm going to throw it really back for some of you. These are actually half dollars. I wanted to make the, the bigger aspect ratio so we can see it from the stage, right? But these are two half dollars, and uh, I don't even know how I got these, but I've had them for a long time, and I'm going to keep them because they're probably worth some money one day, hopefully, not just, you know, 50 cents. But um, coins, really important circular object in our lives today. How about this one? This is a really good one. Tortillas. Amen. We've got a room full of taco lovers right here. The power of a tortilla makes one of the most incredible food items known to man. And, and just think about all the possibilities you have with a taco. You could put chicken on it. You can put beef on it. You can put fish on it. You can put tofu on it. Not sure why anybody would ever want to do that, but you can do it because you have the opportunity to do so with this circular item that was given straight from the Lord Jesus himself in a taco wrap. Taco tortillas are one of the most powerful circular objects that we have known to man, right? Um, here's a really good one. Sorry. Clocks. I'd argue, by the way, I stole this directly off of Pastor Robert Bass's wall in his office. So, <laughs> This is perhaps one of the most powerful circular objects that we have been given in existence of humankind. Why? We literally build our daily routines around the idea of time, around the construct of time. And these circular objects, again, we live in a more digital age. I'm currently looking at a digital clock in the back of the room, which is ticking faster than I'd like it to. But this format, this circular clock format, has given us so many opportunities to make decisions, to plan, to be stressed out because we're late going somewhere, right? The power of the circular object in a clock. And then I'll bring out just one more, perhaps the top of the food chain as far as, uh, you know, powerful circles, the donut. <laughs> My goodness, the donut. You might be sitting in your seat right now wondering like, all right, what's so powerful about a donut? Anybody ever been on a diet? And then you saw a plate full of donuts and you're like, nah, fam, it ain't worth it. I'm going to eat that donut right now. That's powerful, Right? The power of the circular donut to literally take you off of a goal that you set for yourself in the diet. You're like, no, nah, I'm going to eat the donut because it's way better. Right? It's bulking season. Right, Kevin? <laughs> he trained me. Remember, he trained me to know that. The donut, right? Powerful circular object. And so these are all powerful. By the way, uh, there's six donuts in this box. First six people to come say hello to me after service, I'll give you a donut. How about that? Um, but uh, we have all these circular objects, and there's many more we could talk about, right, um, about how powerful this idea of a circle is. But perhaps the, the most influential uh, circle of all that I would argue is the circle of community. The circle of community. You see, this concept of community has been interwoven into humanity since the beginning of time, really, you know, in the early, 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 early years, they might not have had this specific word community, but they still functioned and operated as community. This idea of groups of people coming around common themes, 
common values, common beliefs, common ideas, common uh, you know, activities, right? There's all types of things that form circles of community. And this is a circle that we can all relate to in this room. In addition to all the ones that I just talked about there today, this circle of community is something that we all experience in the day-to-day. Circles of community are built around value systems. They're built around belief systems. They're built around common interests. They're built around meeting needs of people. Think about this aspect of community, right? Communities over the years, there's been times, whether it be tragic, you know, natural disasters that happen, where one community comes together to literally save lives of other communities. The power of the circle of community. And I would even argue this today. I would argue that we, you and I, we were created for community. God literally created us to be in what? Communion with one another. If we look at the very beginning in Genesis when God created Adam, he said, it is not suitable for the man to be alone, or it is not good for the man to be alone. I will create a helper suitable for him. Because originally it was just Adam and the animals in creation, right? And God was like, no, we, like, there has to be people. There has to be a circle. There has to be a, a, a group of people to form this community, right? God has created us to be in connection and in community and in communion with one another. Community is perhaps the most powerful form of circles because all the community can represent. Think about all the different community representations that we have in our world today. We have political communities. We have Racial communities, we have school communities, we have work communities, right? We have sports communities, we have religious communities, right? We have HOA communities. So let me get me started on the HOA communities. Sorry if you're like the president of an HOA, but we've been having a rough go at it lately, so. But we have all of these different expressions and representations of community in our society today that we all attach ourselves to and we are a part of. And our community, our circles can look different from the person to the right and to the left of us, and that's completely okay, right? But I would ask you this, what is the quality of the circle that you find yourself in? What is the quality of the community circle that you find yourself in operating in on a day-to-day basis, a week-to-week basis, right? Think about all the different community circles you're a part of. What's the quality of them? Do your circles pray for you? Do your circles build you up or do they tear you down? Do your circles challenge you to become a better person or do they simply enable you? Does your circle care for your needs? There's a need that needs to be met in your life for your family's life. Do you have a circle of people around you that are willing to help you meet those needs? And, 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 And as a little, you know, Pinned in that, right? If the answer to yet, if your answer to those is yes to any of those, you're doing pretty decent, I would say, because there's a lot of people who can't say that, because there are a lot of people who find themselves, and maybe some of you in here today, who find yourselves in unhealthy circles of community, circles that don't build you up, circles that consistently tear you down or make you feel worse about yourself, circles that cause you to feel anxious, circles that cause you to feel depressed. Circles that cause you to be angry all the time, right? Circles that cause you to live contrary to the way God's word instructs us to live as believers. Circles that don't hold us accountable, right? We all have, we've all been in, whether now or in the past, circles that do not add to our life. So the question is, what kind of circle am I a part of? 
And just as all these circles right here on the table represent, you know, all different types of circles, right, um, the same goes for community. There's a variety of different types of community circles out there, which we've just talked about, right? And so for our context today, the most powerful form, and I want you to get this, the most powerful form of community that we can be a part of as believers, as men and women of God in this room, is biblical community. We have to find ourselves in a spiritually uplifting, spiritually building, biblical community. Why? Because your spiritual growth is directly connected to the quality of your spiritual community. Your spiritual growth as an individual is directly connected to your spiritual, your, your spiritual community that you find yourself a part of, or lack thereof, right? And so what does your circle look like? Biblical community builds up the body of Christ. So again, we talked about how like the church was in, the church came onto the scene in Acts, right? Formed the body of Christ. Like then we enter into chapters and pages and pages in the Bible of like the body of Christ being built up. And what builds up the body of Christ? It's biblical community. How? Because the body of Christ is made up of uniquely gifted individuals like myself and everybody sitting on this row and everybody sitting on the row behind that. All across from every single one of us, God has given specifically unique gifts and, 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 and callings in our lives to walk in and to exercise, right? And it's through those things that God uses to build up his body. So let's look in Ephesians chapter 4. It says this, and this is after Paul's talking about the fivefold ministry. God's given us the fivefold ministry and it says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up into every way, into him who is the head, into Christ. From the whole body, joined and held together by every joint which is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it what? So that it builds itself up in love. When we are operating in our God-given roles, our God-given giftings, and we're coming together in a biblical format of community, God is building up the body of Christ in and through each and every single one of us. Can I get an amen? And so it's important to know that when we find ourselves in biblical community, when we find ourselves operating in biblical community, we find ourselves operating in the role and the gift that God's given each and every single one of us. So right now I'm standing in my current gifting. One of my giftings that God's given me is to communicate God's word, right? And so I'm, I'm operating in that right now in hopes that it is currently building up the body of Christ. And across this room there's various different gifts. Whether you've realized your gift or not, you have it inside of you. The key is letting the Lord unlock those things, which again is done through biblical community, and then operating in those giftings that God's placed Another thing I want to share around this idea of biblical community, it's really important to remember this. To be disconnected from biblical community is to be disconnected from the full power of God. God operates in his body, right? God operates in formats of biblical community when, when the body of believers is coming together, doing various different things, whether it's going to church or attending an outreach or doing serve day or going on a mission trip or evangelizing wherever or having a small group, God uses those settings to, in, to, to edify and to build up. And, and his power is experienced in fullness in those settings. A really good example of this is in worship today. When Pastor Kevin came up, and he was going to start praying out, and then he kind of like backed off a little bit. That's called yielding to the Holy Spirit. God's at, God was at work in that moment, in this room, encouraging, edifying, building some people up who were, who were, who were ministering unto the Lord and being ministered back to. 
the body of Christ has to be operating in biblical community to experience full authority of his power. Why? Because he wired us to do it together. He didn't wire us to like live on an island by ourselves and just figure it out. Oh, well, I just have my own kind of church. No, that's not, that's not what the Bible says. You can't just like have church by yourself. Like, yeah, you are the body of Christ. You are the church, right? You are part of the church. But like God's called us into biblical community. Right? And lastly, is really important and foundational in this, is that we cannot have discipleship without relationship. So where there lacks biblical community, there lacks discipleship. Let's just look at Matthew 28 when Jesus gave us what? The Great Commission. He says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what? Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. It's hard to teach when you're not connected to an environment or a, or, or a gathering that does teach. It's hard to teach when you have no relationship with anybody. It's hard to receive teaching when you have no relationship with somebody. So what does your biblical community and circle look like? It's so, like, like I, said, I said this earlier, the, the word ecclesia, right? So the word church, big C church, literally in the Greek means ecclesia or ecclesia, which literally translates to the assembly. It's like when we refer to the word church, we refer to the word like, oh, we're coming together as the big C church or the church, right? right? We're, we're talking about assembling together, a biblical community of people coming together to build up and edify the body of Christ. And so we don't only just need to be a part of biblical community. It's really important to go back to Acts chapter 2 when we read. And what does verse 42 say right at the top? And, and they did what? They devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship of the believers, right? So they weren't just like kind of watching into church once or twice a month. They weren't just kind of like doing their own thing and then every so often they just pop in. No, they devoted themselves on a regular basis to these biblical principles of being plugged into biblical community. So we have to devote ourselves to biblical community. And one thing I, I realized when I was reading that in verse 47, it says, And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So when they were, as they remained devoted to these things, God expanded, kept bringing growth, right? The church kept exploding. Because they remain devoted to building biblical community. And so we're going to go ahead and start to begin our initial descent. Any travelers out there? Uh, initial descent today. And we're going to, we're, I want us to just finish laying the foundation of biblical community. I feel like the Lord downloaded four key things to me to kind of uh, help, our, help each and every one of you understand what biblical community should look like and how you should be operating in biblical community. And the first one is this. The first one is prayer. The first foundation of biblical community is prayer. James chapter 5, verse 15, or sorry, verse 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Never discount the power of prayer in your circles of community. I would actually submit to us today that if there's a community there that you're a part of that doesn't include prayer, I would say that it might not be a biblical community. Prayer's got to be at the center of how we build these biblical communities up, right? There has to be an aspect of prayer in your circle, in your community, especially if it's labeled as a quote-unquote 
biblical community, right? And here's like, this is like a little soapbox that I feel like I just thought of when I was preparing for today. Don't, like, we're all guilty of it, by the way, myself included. I'll be the first one to say I've done this before. Don't be the person that's like, oh, yeah, I'll for sure pray for you, right? You don't pray for him. We've all been there. We've all done it, right? If I had us raise our hands, we'd all raise our hands if we were being honest, right? But like, let's be a people that prays for one another. Let's be a people that, that, that lifts and intercedes for one another in prayer. The second one is this, encouragement. Encouragement is the second key element, foundational element of biblical community. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 says, And let us not consider... And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Here we go. Highlight this. Not neglecting to meet together. So we want to continue to gather in these communities, right? Not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. We have to be a part of communities that will encourage us. We have to be the people in a community that encourages other people. Has anybody ever been in a season of life where you just needed some encouragement? Like five of you? Y'all have some pretty good lives, man. I mean, holy smokes. Like, we all get to seasons of life where we just need to be encouraged. And it's important to be a part of circles of people, of biblical communities that are willing and able to encourage us and then us reciprocate the favor of encouraging others when they need it. There's power in encouragement, man. There's so much power when you can help somebody's mindset and countenance just change by simply speaking words of life over them. Right? But man, it's so hard to be encouraged when you're more connected to a discouraging environment. So again, what kind of circle are you a part of? Are you a part of a circle who encourages you? Or are you a part of a circle where you walk away feeling, I'm not really that encouraged today? Right? We have to be encouraged. And I'll ask you this question Who is your encourager? Who are the people in your life that you know I can go to if I'm having a rough day, I'm having a rough week, I'm having a rough go at it? That person's gonna encourage me. Who are those people? In your life, I'd encourage you to take note of them. Third thing is this, accountability. Mm, that's a tough one, right? Accountability. Proverbs 27, 17 this is a really popular one. We've all heard this, right? Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. This verse literally means to sharpen the face of. That's what, like, in, in, in direct correlation terms, like, sharpen the face of to make somebody better, to make somebody sharper, to hold somebody accountable, to, to call somebody out when they need to be called out, right? It's not always a, a comfortable one. Don't get me wrong. It's not always an easy one. I know that for sure. But accountability is so important in the life of a believer. Why? Because we can't just walk through life with a bunch of yes men in our corner. We become complacent, we become conceited, we become prideful. All of these things begin to seep into our life because we have a bunch of people just telling us like, yes, all the time. And yeah, that's, that's great. You should just keep doing that, right? And nobody to provide any checks and balances in our life, right? And the other thing I'll say about accountability is this. Accountability, you ready for this, only works as good as you allow it to. So one aspect of accountability is, actually I'd say the main aspect of accountability is being able to receive accountability. You have to be humble and open enough to having somebody in your corner say like, hey man, or hey girl, like you probably shouldn't have done it that way. Or hey, like you're doing this, like that's not really what God has for you. Right, like we have to have those people in our lives and we have those people in our lives through biblical community. 
And the last one I'll say uh, is this, and the band can begin to join me up here on stage, is uh, foundational in biblical community is service. Just serving one another. Loving one another. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. Above all, which means like that's like top level priority, right? Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Come on, somebody, ever like go, have to go to, like, to a serving event? You're like, oh, I don't want to go, but I'll go anyways, right? <laughs> we've all been there again. We've all been there. Without grumbling, verse 10, as each has received a gift, right? We've all been given gifts. Each and every one of us in this room, you have a gift. Whether you know it or not, there's a gift on the inside of you that God's created you with to be unlocked for you to use, right? Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So, man, when we are, are operating in the giftings that God's given us to serve other people, we're stewarding the gift that he's given us in our life. It's so, so, so important. Another scripture to give you is Galatians 5, verse 13. It says, For you were called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. That means don't use, don't use your freedom as an opportunity to serve yourself, to do what you want to do. Use it to serve one another, but, to serve, but, but through love serve one another. So that freedom that God's given you, it's in and through that freedom and operating in our giftings that we should freely serve, freely give. This is going to be a mind blower to all of us in this room, right? Jesus' life model. Like Jesus, the king of the universe, the person who we come to church week in and week out and we, serve, uh, we worship, his life motto was servant first. And if we're quite honest with ourselves, and again, we've all found ourselves here before in these different seasons of life and moments and things like that, we've become a society who is very self-seeking, who is very like, how can I get a leg up in life? How can I take care of me and mine? But we worship a Savior who is about others first. We worship a creator of the universe who said, like, no, I, I came to, to, to serve, not be served. So how much more should we, as his people, as his children, live a life where we find ourselves in biblical community serving one another, meeting the needs of one another, putting the needs of other before our own? That's the type of biblical community that God sees, that God blesses, that God would continue to grow and to expand. And so you may be sitting there thinking, this whole biblical community thing sounds great, right? Like, sign me up, where's the dotted line, right? Now how do we do this? I'm going to get very practical here for a couple more minutes. I know I'm over time, I'm so, so sorry, but let me give you, I want to give you these practicalities so that you know where you can start, where you, like some, some things that you can do, right? The first thing is this, groups. Our church offers Various different types of groups. All you got to do is go to the Celebration app and look up groups and just look up what area of life you want to go to a group in, right? Life change does not always happen in rows. Life change and deep life change happens in circles. Man, I've been so blessed and my life's been changed by various different types of groups I've been a part of over my, you know, whatever, 10 years of, of, of being saved. Get into a group. If you haven't done a group, just give it a shot. Meet new people. 
See what God can do in and through those communities. Second thing, serving, right? We just talked about that fourth point, serving. Any people who serve on a serve team in here? Raise your hand. Where are my serve team people at? Holler. Yeah, there's a lot of you in here. Nice. Again, we all have gifts. Use them. There's a specific area for each and every one of us to be a part of on a serve team, whether it's, you know, if you call Celebration Church your home, that's awesome. Get plugged into a serve team here. Serve, serving is one of the most foundational and key ways you can get plugged into a biblical community that doesn't take you having to, like, go to, like, a weird group where you don't know anybody. You have to do the whole, like, hey, I'm so-and-so, this, this, and this, right? Like, serve teams is a very low barrier of entry. Jump into a serve team, right? Super practical. Another really good one, uh, age-specific ministries. Our church, if you have a, a young person, if you have a middle school or high school, they should be in youth. No questions about it. They should be in youth. Why? Because it's a peer-to-peer relationship. They're growing and learning in the things of God together as a community of young people. If you're a young adult in this room, ages you know, 18 to 30, we have a young adults ministry that meets every single Thursday night at the arena. Get plugged in to that circle of community. Ladies, sisterhood, holler, woo, you know what I mean? Find that ministry. Men, don't worry. There's men's groups out there, but there's some, there's some men's stuff on the horizon. Just, just, I'm not going to give anything away, but just know there's going to be a space, and there is currently spaces via groups for you men. Age-specific ministries. Dinner gatherings. So we want to go outside the church walls, right? Just go to dinner with some people that, like, you built a biblical community with. My wife and I are very, like, we value having friends over for dinner and, and going to dinner with our friends and staying in the loop in their lives and what's happening, right? You know, Friday nights, if you want to honor the Sabbath together, you can come around the Lord's table at somebody's house. It's a great way to build biblical community, right? Imagine that. A group of people coming together as believers, taking communion together and eating a meal together. That sounds awesome. Great way to build biblical community. Man, really simple. Who's got a cell phone? Everybody got a cell phone, right? Group chats. Like hop into a group chat with some of your your closest believer friends just as an encouragement throughout the week. We will have to be encouraged, right? I'm a part of a couple different group chats, and some guys will just drop scriptures in randomly, say, hey, I'm praying for you guys, whatever. It's super simple. doesn't take a lot of time commitment, but we're encouraging one another all the more as the day draws near, just as scripture tells us to, right? And there's all kinds of other ways. We could sit here and talk some more about things. But just, I wanted to get very practical, right? But again, we have to find ourselves in biblical community. And not just find ourselves in it, but what? Acts chapter 2, verse 42, devoted to it. We have to devote ourselves. That takes intentionality. That takes time. That takes effort, right? We have to find ourselves connected. This is an essential of the faith because God uses it to build up his church. God uses it to change your life. Without biblical community, I don't stand on the stage today. Without biblical community, you're walking in bondage by yourself. Without biblical community, you're not experiencing the fullness of what God has for you. And so can we all just stand to our feet today as we get ready to close? And I'm really big on response because, again, we have to come into God's house with an expectation that we're going to come and hopefully be encouraged by the word and then maybe walk away with a couple of different things that we can apply to our lives. Revelation without application is just information. Revelation with application is transformation. If you want your life to be changed, 
You have to take the things that God tells us in his word and do them. It's like I would tell one of my coaching clients, like, hey, I can give you this game plan, but, like, if you don't do it, nothing's going to change. <laughs> right? So we have to be able to take steps. And so, so you, you might be in here, and, and you're represented in, in what I, I think might be one or three groups in the room today. The first one is this. You're just not even connected to biblical community. You've just been kind of like, you and your family just been kind of doing your own thing. You may be coming to church a couple of times a month and you just deal with life's problems on your own. You don't have anybody to encourage you. You don't have anybody to pray for you. You don't have anybody to hold you accountable. You don't have anybody to serve your needs. And you're, 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 you're siloed. That's not what God has for you today. So the call for you is to connect with somebody today before you even leave this building. Go to the connect table over there. Come say hello to me, whatever it may be, right? The second per group of people in this room is you may be very connected to biblical community. It's a very real reality that majority of you might be connected to biblical community. So I would ask you the question, who are you taking with you? Who are you bringing into the fold? Because if we've been blessed to experience the life-changing components of biblical community, we've now been given a responsibility to make sure others still experience the same thing. And so who are you taking with you? And the last group of people is this. You might be in here, maybe for the first time, maybe you just started coming to church, you're getting used to this whole church thing, right? And you haven't even, you haven't even, come, in, you haven't even come into the family of God yet. Maybe you haven't even given your life to Jesus yet. Or maybe you've given your life to Jesus decades ago. And like you just walk, you feel, something's going on in your life and it's like, I need to be to church. I just need to be an encouraging environment. Whatever that situation looks like for you, you know you're standing in this moment. And before you can even think about being in biblical community, you just got to be in God's family. The Bible tells us that apart from him, apart from Jesus, we're bound to eternity in hell without him. And I know it feels very weighty and real, but that's just the reality of what the Bible talks about, right? But a life that's surrendered to him means eternity with him. And we talk about the, the, the death, the resurrection, and, or the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus because that was the very way we were able to even come unto him to receive salvation. And so there's, there's a point in our life where we all have to reach. We're like, God, I need you. I can't keep doing this thing by myself anymore. I want to give everything to you. I want to surrender my life to you. And I want to do things your way. And the benefit of the day is, guess what? Now you're part of God's family. Now you're helping to advance God's kingdom. Now you get to experience eternity with him. And so right now in this moment, I'm just going to have anybody who that, who that speaks to, who that resonates with you, would you just maybe lift your hands across this room? One, two, three. Lift your hand. Amen. Right here. God bless you, sir. Come on. Anybody else? Yeah, in the back. Amen. Two, a couple more seconds. You want to just, you're releasing it right now. Say, Lord, I need you. I give you my life. Come on. Come on, can we put our hands together for our brothers and sisters who have lifted their hands? Amen. <laughs> Woo, come on. That's what it's all about right there. Those of you who raised your hands, I'd love to meet you after service. Come say what's up. Um, but I want to pray for you guys right now as we get ready to close out here. And first and foremost for that group that just responded. And uh, if you did respond right now, I want you to just maybe repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I believe that you died on the cross, that you were buried in the grave, and that you rose again on the third day. 
I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And from this day forward, God, I serve you. From this day forward, I give my life to you. From this day forward, God, use me to advance your kingdom here on earth, Lord Jesus. And God, I just pray for each and every other individual who felt a response, a need for response to be plugged into biblical community. For those individuals who are disconnected, who, are, who feel like they're alone, would you surround them with people, God? Would you open up doors of opportunity for them to experience a supernatural breakthrough in the area of relationships, God? Would you surround them with people to encourage them and to love on them and to pray on them and to hold them accountable, God? And for those individuals who are connected, right now in the name of Jesus, bring somebody to the forefront of their mind, God. Who is it that they can bring alongside of them to help grow this family, to help advance your kingdom mission here on earth, Lord? Bring those people to the forefront of our mind and give us the strength to, 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 to invite those people, to speak to those people, to reach out to those people, God. We thank you that you've created us for community, God. We thank you that you have created us to do life together with you at the center, God. So would you continue to build us up in this place, Lord, as we work together to build biblical community with one another. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.